enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all, all things, things geek. All things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Monica, and I will be your host as we discuss Peacock's limited series, The Resort. The Resort is a multi generational, coming of age love story disguised as a fast paced mystery about the disappointment of time. The series takes place around the events of an anniversary trip. The trip puts the marriage to the test when the pair finds themselves embroiled in one of the Yucatan's most bizarre unsolved mysteries, a mystery that took place 15 years prior. If you haven't seen the entire season of The Resort, go ahead and hit pause, save this episode for later, come back, because there will be spoilers. If this is your first time tuning into the Temple of Geek podcast, welcome. The Temple of Geek podcast has been around since 2012 and is hosted by a variety of geeks from the Temple of Geek team. Here we cover all manner of geek and pop culture news and events. To our returning listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate you being here. My name is Monica. Today we're going to be joined by two guests. Can you please introduce yourselves to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself? All right, so I'll go first. Hi, my name is Maria, um, returning guest of Temple of Geek. You may know me as Call Me by the Same Maria on TikTok. I love to overanalyze TV shows and I love all fandoms and film. I like to escape and hyperfixate and get really deep into any show I watch. So this is perfect for me. And if you want to hear my overanalysis, deep dives, please follow me on TikTok. And I will definitely be talking to the resort later this week because this was a crazy show. Hi, my name is Sahila. Same as Maria. I just, I love TV. I love movies. I also love overanalyzing. But my thing is I always like trying to predict what's going to happen. And so I've got a few theories up on my TikTok page, most of which have panned out. Yeah, they have. I can vouch <laughs> um, <but>, for that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's like what I do in my fun, just for fun. Um, yeah, like that's how I, I enjoy watching TV and, and shows. And because my, my family doesn't enjoy me pausing and waiting and analyzing, <laughs> I've just been doing this on TikTok instead. So if you want to kind of see more predictions, um, wild theories and things like that, you can follow my TikTok page. That's really wise for me too. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. It's why I follow you guys. It's great. Yeah, my family gets so annoyed with me talking all the time about TV shows. So I was like, okay, I'll do it on TikTok. So I completely get it. Yeah, yeah. My sisters are very like casual TV watchers, whereas like I'm like, and not really on purpose, but I can just like pick up on a lot of really little things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna happen. That's gonna happen. And I try not to ruin it for them, but it's just so exciting for me when I can like see things coming up whether I'm right or wrong it doesn't matter it's just like the excitement of being like picking up on little things and putting dots together yeah. and so Holly is also at the good place fan Monica yes yes yep. oh, one of my all-time favorite shows yeah it's something that we always have in common so it's awesome to yeah. find more of the good place fans yes Excellent. Well, and then for those new listeners, my name is Monica. I'm the editor-in-chief at Temple of Geek and sometimes host of the podcast, and I cannot wait to get into this with you guys. So overall, just go ahead and give me like your general, general, not deep dives, just general overall thoughts and, and feelings on this series. I mean, it was a wild ride for sure. I like, I like, I love how they did the whole like, a little spoilers, time travel thing with it without making it like emphasis on time travel. I just like that was like a background thing. It was more about like the relationship and what everyone was going through. Just like 
um, not just Noah and Emma, um, the Frias, like, son, he was also going through something. Alex was also going through something. And it was just... It blended so many genres so well together. So I really enjoyed it. I really, I want them to have a season two. I don't know if this is, I know it's a limited series, but I would really like them to like delve into it further. Yeah, same. I really enjoyed how they set everything up and they didn't dive right into like the sci-fi element of it. They kind of hinted at it, like literally the very first, <laughs> the very first quote that you see on, on screen. But I was like, that could have been, you know, leading into time travel, which it did. But at the same time, that quote itself, like, isn't just specific to that. It's about, yeah, like, just about individual people going through their life and then, you know, looking back at their life and, you know, wishing things would go differently. But you can't really do anything about your past and people who are kind of dwelling on it. And you can see that in every single character, that they're dwelling on things from their past and it's, like, preventing them from moving forward. And so I really enjoyed kind of the individual character's journey as well as, like, their interpersonal relationships Balthazar just calling it as it is <laughs> and being like super ruthless with his like, you know, analysis of, analysis of everybody. Um, just really, really well done. The acting was phenomenal. The, the pacing was great. The way they transitioned between, you know, the old timeline and the, and the current timeline was awesome. Really well done. Yeah, for me, I felt like this was art. It's been a long time since I've seen a show that I felt like, wow, this is like art. This is like real, like real, like not that other things aren't real storytelling, but this is real unique. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting it to have a sci-fi element. Like maybe I missed it in the trailer. Maybe <laughs> I missed it in other things, but I really did just think it was a murder mystery. Mm -hmm. So I was really excited for like what I didn't know. Yeah. So when I started hinting at these things, I was like, oh, is this like a destiny thing or is it? So when it turned out to be like a destiny slash you know, uh, sci-fi thing, I was like, wow, mind blown. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. Unlike yeah. you, Suhaila, I was terrible at predicting. <laughs> I didn't know what. <laughs> and I was like really stressed out too towards the last couple of episodes. Oh, yeah. That like, last part, that last two episodes were so stressful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so mm -hmm. what genre would you guys consider this? I think it's like a blend of so many. Because it's, like, yeah. I, I have this, I love time travel, so I always want everything to be time travel. So I will say that, like, it was more like, I wanted, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I'm like, I want this to be about time travel. <laughs> so I was just hoping it would be sci-fi, because you know how much I love sci-fi. But I, I, I love that I started out with, like, marital problems and relationships and just getting to know people and, like, the relationships. But then I love that it was, like, kind of like an adventure murder mystery at the same time. So it was a blend of genres, in my opinion. Yeah, and the comedy part of it as well. Oh, yeah, it was like, a comedy too. It wasn't, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, like it, it's, yeah it, it's not like a specifically a comedy, but like the timing of how they, you know, cut between scenes, some of the delivery of the lines was just so funny to me. And I mm -hmm. really, really enjoyed that because it's like in between all of the like the chaos and the stress of the murder mystery and, and you know, the uh, what's going on and you know, trying to figure things out and the detective work and everything. There's like these little like moments of comedy that just take you yeah. <laughs> out of that, like, you know, anxiety. <laughs> it's so well done. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a really great point that you bring up is that it takes you out of the anxiety. Cause there was times where I was so stressed out and then all of a sudden there's like a fart joke. And <laughs> you know, <laughs> one of my favorite jokes is like it's not a joke, but like her tooth, like that, like running theme of like that story. And like, it, I was like, 
the last scene of like the not the season finale but like the last second to last episode and like that's what happens with the tooth and i was just like i remember i burst out laughing because like in that moment it was like such a high stress time like we're literally right there and then her tooth is like her mouth is swollen and she can't talk yeah and it just like they they, they sprinkled it in, in so well so I was going to say with that scene, it was also also really emotionally heavy from the previous events of, you know, mm-hmm. the, the night before and everything. And so you're sitting in that like emotional heaviness and then all of a sudden, yeah, I don't even know what I would classify this. I really went in thinking it was like murder, mis- murder mystery, like a comedic murder mystery. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of how they pitched it. You know, I, I, I had the chance to meet the cast at San Diego Comic-Con and interview them a little bit about it. And they really like, at that point we'd only seen like two episodes, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, they really didn't like spoil anything for us. So I went in kind of like, Oh my gosh, this is like so different than what I thought in my head. So, um, I think it is sci-fi kind of, yeah. but it's been in all the genres yeah, so say. well, like we blended in. Yeah. I, yeah. Plus it's a love story too. Yeah, so it's like true. two yeah. love stories, really like young love yeah. and like, also like grief yeah. and loss was like such a heavy theme throughout of it. So it was just like reflective mm-hmm. and drama. Yes. Almost. Then all the genres, I think. I was gonna say, I think it, it's a reflection of real life plus the like sci-fi fantasy element. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There is a prime video series called Night Sky with J.K. Simmons. That series is sci-fi, but it doesn't feel like sci-fi. And it has some action adventure, even though it's kind of a very slow-paced show. But this, it kind of gave me a little bit of the same vibes, where it was so much more about the people mm-hmm. in the story than like the fantastical things happening around it mm-hmm. you know i'm much older than you guys i think i might have children your guys to say <laughs> uh, but, so like the 10-year marriage situation that they kept referring to as the puberty of marriage and like all of those things were so incredibly relatable yeah to like just life there's so many things that Balthasar was going through and the way his life was and the expectations his family had for him and things like that so much of that is so relatable mm-hmm. and even just like leave me alone man I just want to do my job and live life yeah, and be yeah. I loved her analogy yeah. Emma's analogy with vacation being just like life like in the beginning it's so exciting and then after a while you're like I want to go home and then when you go home you're like I'm going to go back on vacation. And I just like, I, I've, I've been feeling that way right now because I feel really stuck in life. And I was like, I want to go on vacation. I'm like, do I want to go on vacation or do I just like wa- think I want to go on vacation? Because eventually you get homesick and then that cycle. And just, it was just a very, it was a very relatable show in a very like existential way. <laughs> yes. What did you guys think of the storyline itself? Which one? <laughs> So let's start with like the big overarching one, which is kind of, you know, this is like a destiny fate thing and all these people, what it felt like to me was that they were all meant to be there and meant to fight this thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love those. I'm like a sucker for those shows. So like, I mean, that's why I love the good place. Like everyone's meeting each other. I love that. Like Alex was the one that planted the phones. I love that. I love the editing of this show because like the way they were able to clip 
things. So, because they were doing like a time jump essentially the whole time, like 2007, 2022. And they were able to like line things up so perfectly. Like one of my favorite scenes is the cell phone scene when they're like reading the cell phones of like the two kids meeting. And it's just like after they had the head injury and just the editing so good. So like overall, I just like love the idea that like these people are all like relating to each other, interacting with each other, even though they're like 10 years apart. So I think it was really well done and I loved it. Yeah, agreed. I think they did a really good job. And even when you look at like the visual transition between the two timelines, they do it so well and so seamlessly and they do it in a way that like the story continues. Like there's Mm -hmm. one part as well where they're up in the penthouse and like both, both sets of of couples are up in the penthouse and they're all like exploring whatever. And then they both hear somebody coming up the elevator or like a sound or something that scares Mm -hmm. them. And then they both go into the, (laughs) into the closet to hide. And it's just like seeing like the parallels. And even when it's, you know, there is like an interaction between the two timelines, but there's also a lot of, similarity between their journeys which is really interesting because they are very different parts of their life very different like relationship statuses if you can call you know both of the those you know couples have being in relationships um but you can see kind of the difference between the two but then also the similarities and i think it speaks to how a lot of people we share a lot of very similar human experiences Mm -hmm. even in very different parts of our lives even with our lives being very different liked when Balthasar has like his like conspiracy board <laughs> that everybody's yes. and then they yes. I out, like, he like goes all in for it too he's so great <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, what did you guys think about the murder mystery part now so Hila, you said that you predicted a lot of this mm-hmm. what did you predict and what did you <laughs> get wrong so <laughs> so I I knew that there was going to be or at least I, had, I I thought there was a very good chance that there was going to be some sort of time jumping, um, time travel sort of situation. Um, and then I even told Maria after the first, I think, two episodes, the person, the body that they pull out is going to be Sam's older body, like Sam as an older person, mm-hmm. um, the older version of Sam. And if you pay attention to the very end of the finale, it all comes full circle and Sam is Alex. <laughs> he says, his ear, yeah. Even mm. before that. So before the, before, um, I think. Wait, what? Where it what? Comes... You think Sam is Alex? <laughs> yeah. I think he's like so, destined, okay. he's destined to be Alex because like, he's also going to have his memory leakage coming out soon. Yeah. So it could yeah. be symbolic that he's destined to turn into yeah. him or it could be literal. Yeah. Because there's a few yeah. Easter eggs in there. I don't know. Do you want me to dive into it? Well, yeah, I was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. About, I guess I, I didn't think that okay. away. So tell me. <laughs> I think Alex is who the author traveled with. Yep. Yeah. I agree. So, and I think Sam is going to be like, not literal Alex, destined to be future Alex. So... That's my theory. <laughs> she and I have talked about it a lot. So do you guys think that um, the author, uh, Ibarra, I think, I can't remember his first name, uh, Ibarra. Yeah. Uh, do you think that he did travel or you think he didn't go into the cave and just saw his friend travel? He saw his friend travel and he didn't go because he even, because remember when Sam was just like, you didn't go in, did you? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I, that was implied mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. But I think Alex no, did, yeah. and that's why he was so, like, paranoid, essentially, whenever he read the book. He's like, this is about me. Because, like, yeah, he had memory losses, which I thought it was, like, a great allegory of dementia. 
like for me like the medical student in me was just like oh my god this is such a good allegory of dementia like you, you read things that like hint at something but like you cannot place them or explain what it is so like, when he read the book he's like this is me he was trying to explain to the kids like this is me i'm like you know they don't realize that maybe he did have like a past life where he probably did travel with the author author and they he wrote about his like, like adventure so um mm-hmm. yeah, i'm convinced Alejandro is Alex, the owner of the time, like um, the hotel. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so, for sure. I just didn't tie in the Sam being Alex eventually. Yeah. But he like started playing with his ear, and oh, Balthazar was like, what did Balthazar say? He said something very like, like, why did you just scratch like, your ear? Why did you scratch your ear? Yeah. And then before that, he says, I don't remember when he asks, asks him right. what he had, had seen in the pool. Right. Um, so I, I wonder, haven't... and this is just me like speculating now after hearing both of you speak, is um, do you think that he's going to like, the same thing might happen to Violet, like people that go through this start to have like memory leaks or it's some kind of I paradox so. where they can't remember. But yeah, I remember that's when I understood it. Yeah, Violet remembered what she saw. So I wonder if she did. Um, And we don't know whether Emma, I think Emma, she started seeing things and they sort of like when they had the camera on her face and there was like that overlay of um, like the waves and things like that. Like, I think she was seeing and hearing things um, and I think she still remembers as well. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But I think like spending was voice like brought her back. Yeah. And I think that like one? spending time in that pool does cause that memory leakage, which is why Ilana Vera doesn't seem to have that. But yeah. Alex, who again, I, I do agree is Alejandro does. Which makes sense because like as like a, a, like a geek of time travel fantasy type thing, it makes sense that like if you were spend so much time in a memory essentially of the past, you would start to have like memory leakage essentially because it's like what what is real life what is your memory like it kind of overlaps so Mm -hmm. much that like it all blends in that you don't know what's a memory and what's real anymore so it makes sense Mm -hmm. if you spend so much time in a memory you wouldn't know anymore what is a memory yeah yeah the way i also interpreted it for alex was that he was going frequently to pasaje and that he was actually traveling between times through that and that's why his memories are all jumbled up um because he had like so like, yeah, so because he kept going back and forth and with that um, forgetting, he, exactly, he, he didn't really know what was happening now or when. And when he had, when he was, you know, recording the message on the phone before he left Violet's phone for um, for Noah to find, he was saying, I don't know when I am, not I don't know mm-hmm. where I am, but mm-hmm. he specifically yeah. said when yeah, twice. And so he he's not really sure what, he, like, what part of his journey he's in like what part of time and I think when you see him you know see that vision of the the hotel you know being destroyed it's not necessarily that it it wasn't anything like prophetic or you know seeing the future Mm -hmm. it was a memory that was being unlocked because he kept traveling back and forth and already happened or already in there yeah the the expression he said I don't know when I am reminded me of something but I cannot place it I'm sure you both like remember like someone else in some other series that a sci-fi has said I don't know when I am or where I am and like I cannot place it when he said it I was just like it could be something Doctor Who because I feel like that not Marvel because it couldn't be Marvel because they only did time travel recently but I was just like, there's someone that said what I am. And whenever he said it, like, I got chills. So I'm just like, oh, my gosh, he's time traveling. That yeah. was, like, what convinced me for sure. Yeah. 
And the yeah, traveling back that. and forth is also part of the reason that I think that Alex actually is physically Sam, but in his future self. There was yeah. a couple other hints there as well with like the skateboard and like him talking about his um, his family um, and his like previous like love Honestly. relationship, as well as when Baltazar just starts to tell his story. He's like, some people say he just wandered in from the jungle. Mm-hmm. Other people think that, you know, his his parents were like hedge fund managers yeah. and his dad i forget the name of the actual book but in the plane his dad was holding us something for dummies <laughs> that seemed oh, very businessy was, uh, yeah. the, uh, seven, the, the seven uh, habits of highly effective people yeah. which was yeah, yes, 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 interesting yeah. because i yeah. was in my so this is set in 2007 right yeah. something like that yes mm-hmm. yeah. so i was 27 at that time and so like i remember my manager at work at the time i worked at um I was like a cell phone dealer uh-huh. and uh, I worked at, I think at the time it was like called singular wireless. I don't know what it is now. Give me that book to read. And it was seven highly effective people. It was a best selling book at the time. And then like the whole mm-hmm. razor phone thing. Oh, the that was like phone. our, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Like, I remember when really I graduated college and I remember everyone had a razor. So yeah. Yeah, I, like, yeah, that I think was, it was like the height of yeah. Oh my god, you got the pink one, and I was like, I got the pink, <laughs> the pink one. Was I had a chocolate, so like I was a different one. <laughs> but um, the, the more you talk about it, I definitely see the same Alex thing. I, I just kind of see it as like a what's a self fulfilling prophecy almost. Like Al- he's just destined yeah. to become the future Alex. Um, mm-hmm. I think Alex is the one that's yep. the most aware of the time travel because I don't think Sam is aware right. yet. Yes. No, no, I don't think so. Not yet. I think he's still really confused. And that brings up a really cool point. I love the world building around this because I know it's limited series, but they really could go somewhere. Maybe not so much. That's why I want season two. Because there's that scene at the end where Balthazar says, oh, I found something. And he had been clipping newspapers at one time. So I'm like, okay, so like maybe it's something else. And then there was a lot of I, I know we said we'd talk about this later, but there's a lot of unanswered questions. Like, for mm-hmm. example, why did he hate the iguanas? Like, why was he chopping off the iguana's yeah. head? Like, mm-hmm. I feel also, like that was never... Like, I, I also think like, it's a detective series because I know it was like a murder mystery, but like, Balthasar is like kind of laying down the groundwork of like, he wants to become a detective. And like, the way the ending ended, <laughs> it's like, it just seems like a, like he's on to his next journey and next detective work. Like, kind of like Knives Out 2 is about to come out. Like, it just gave me those vibes. And it was like, this would be so cool if he just continued. They could easily, like, I'm so invested in these characters, they could easily do a season two. Oh, I was gonna say, speaking of unresolved things, we don't actually know what happens to Alex after he places yes. the phones down, because he's now in the, he's now in two, 2022. Maybe he traveled back, maybe not. But mm. what I think may have happened is... And this is like totally out there <laughs> theory. But when I saw that brochure and I saw Luna's expression for it, because at first she was shocked and then she smiled. I have a feeling Alex may have op- gone to open up another resort and he sent the brochure to oh, <laughs> Balthazar. Again, it's just, there's no basis or anything substantial. This is just what I think, which is why Balthazar was like excited to go and why Luna ended up smiling. But then also when you look at the jacket, it's the three of them. Yeah, like when he turns around yeah. and he's walking away, it's the three of them during the night of the fireworks, and so, and he, so maybe, maybe he's off to another adventure with Alex. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And what's interesting about Luna is I have a feeling she there was more that she knew mm-hmm. than she let on. Oh yeah, uh, yes, when absolutely. We, when I spoke to her, 
at Comic-Con, she said, oh, she has these tidbits of information that uh-huh. she's holding on to. But the whole time she feels a little bit like more mature than Balthasar, even though they look about the same age. But, you know, she's talking about marriage and all these kind of things. As she's a family. Yeah. yeah. And so then I'm just like, okay, like, what, what does she know? What has she been through? And like, she's like a, not like Violet, obviously, but like a Violet type. Maybe yeah. she has been able to kind of go in the Pasaje. Yeah. Like, speculation or whatever but i think there's more to luna than we got to see 100 because like she even said like 100%. this was like the most telling line was that it's happening all over again whenever like she saw noah running looking for his wife she they like focusing on her character for a reason that like she was the one that was aware that balthazar is going to be looking around noah's looking around and she was just like it's happening again so it's like she clearly knows she knows the patterns. She knows the cycle. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think she knows a lot more. And she avoids it for right. a reason. Yeah. And I and think she's also, holding like, back. they brought in the helicopter. Like, how, yeah. did know? how did she know? How did she drive a helicopter? She also can run the fastest. And she was just, like, the action person. Like, she was getting <laughs> stuff done. <laughs> so, I was like, she's lived a lot yeah. of lives. We need to know more about her. <laughs> yeah. And I think she's holding back some information to, like, protect Balthazar or mm-hmm. Emma and Noah. Like, I think she's, like... She knows what the potential of what could happen, and she's seen this before, and she understands way more than we think than we saw that she did. Um, mm-hmm. Although you can kind of see with her facial expressions, oh, she the actress does such a good job. I, with the facial and I love her character. You just too. you just know, yeah. Mm-hmm. But she is the voice of reason, and she's trying to ground everybody with their like you know crazy yeah. theories. One of the um, cutest things she did is like she like told um, Noah's secret, like Noah and Emma's secret to Balthazar about like the baby and then he's like oh she's terrible at keeping secrets so I'm just like I'm terrible at keeping secrets like I love this about her <laughs> she's like building the connection that they needed to understand that they all had like experienced loss and like I'm sure she did it with reason with like knowing that like okay they have gone through something that is why they have they're destined to meet you so like I love that yeah. she was able to open up Noah, but also, like, divulge their secret to Balthazar in a way that, like, you know, was mm-hmm. helpful to their journey. Yeah, yeah, and even in the scene before that, when Balthazar mm-hmm. is asking his questions, you can tell that she she understands Noah and Emma and what they're going through, and mm-hmm. she can see Balthazar's questions being too close to home. Mm-hmm. And so she's even telling him that, like, what are you doing? Why are you asking these questions? Mm-hmm. As, like, a way to prevent him from you know getting yeah. into their pain but he does sure. it anyways <laughs> there's a couple scenes that um really hit home for me when it came to Baltasar and luna and one of the things is that when they are just the two of them together they're speaking spanish yeah. they're not speaking mm-hmm. right spanish is like a particular spanish it's a very slang very like kind of it's not a proper spanish uh-huh. right so it's like it's very much how you would talk to like a buddy or a friend so it felt really authentic mm-hmm. and I absolutely love that because you don't get like authentic like you know Mexican slang most of the time where it's not like some kind of stereotype yeah. right and, and I really well done but also when you see two Mexican actors that are not like drug dealers or cartel or like just the house cleaning maid or whatever it's really exciting for me and yes was she like a hotel worker, Luna, yeah, but she was like so much more outside of that. She's not always just in her uniform, Mm -hmm. you know, she's out there with them. The fact that they had the fruit cups and they were eating out of like the cup while they were walking around and putting like the tahine on the the fruit, 
oh my god i was like and the show is so beautiful. <laughs> and, and balthazar was not just like a hotel manager or detective he like was an empire like he was like a fashion empire like child like, he was a well dressed yeah, yes um I, this is something that like actually stood out to me about the show is because like I don't know if you guys have heard of the show The White Lotus, I believe, but it's also about like a show about people that are on a resort and how they like they kind of the locals dirty in that one because like they're there but they're like very stereotypical. I really appreciate that like mm-hmm. the locals were the main characters. Like for a while, like I was very invested in Noah and Emma because obviously it's Christine and like William Jackson Harper, we love them. But then after a while I'm just like, I want to know more about Bathazar as a kid. I want to know more about Luna. Like I just like I was more invested in the locals and I was really happy that they yeah, they probably shot this on location, but they made sure they focused and emphasized the culture and the people that they were there in a very respectful way. So I'm really happy you say that, Monica, because yeah. that was something that I was concerned oh. about as well. I loved it. It was shot in Puerto Rico, but I mean, jungle aesthetic, jungle aesthetic. Yeah. And, and that, mm-hmm. I think they did a really great job making it feel like the Yucatan. Uh, but. Honestly, one of the, my favorite things was the fight between the brothers. Oh, that's and like, <laughs> that was so good. I'm sorry, guys. What was that? Like, I loved it so much. It was so like, like what a wacky show. Yeah, Bobby's always the hero. Like, Bobby's always like a superstar. I really want to just keep watching him. He, I think, because like we talked about him, Monica. I think like how how like attractive he is and then i saw like <laughs> the recent charlie's angels and he's in it and i'm just like why isn't this man in more roles he is a great yeah he's like a side character in the recent charlie's angel with Kristen stewart yeah he's like he, he's barely in it so like i was like this man needs to be in a like i would rather him be in a series i would follow this man as a detective mm-hmm. through anything he does yeah, he was in uh, Narcos Mexico as well. Oh, okay. On Netflix. Uh, but this is this was great. Yeah. Like I said, like the representation, not having to do anything with like drug dealing, this and their family mm-hmm. empire was clothing. It wasn't it was like some awesome. kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was so yeah. good. Oh, whatever, we make clothes. I come from a line of tailors. Like you know, <laughs> it was so good. And they, like, you don't need violence to like have power or whatever, when right? They, like you know, with the whole like beef with the author and him. Whenever they're just whenever William Jackson Harper's Noah was like, "Did you kill him?" And he's like, "No, we just got him fired." He's like, "You can ruin someone's life without killing them." And I was like, "Yes." This is just so good. Yeah. It was such a great like diversion from the stereotype and trope. Yeah. And the scene where they find him up in the when, or when he finds them in the penthouse, and they go after him, yeah. and then and Emma like is holding like that golf club, and she's like, "You did this, and you did that, and you whatever," and and he's like, "You have no evidence of any of this. You just jumped to like these ridiculous conclusions and made me the bad guy mm-hmm. with zero evidence." And I love that they included that because. As an audience, like as an audience, we did the same thing. Yeah, for sure. yeah. like we were. They kind of set us there yeah, as well, right? Up that way, yeah, yeah. With Frias and everything mm-hmm. as well, like they're purposely yeah, making you like feed into the stereotype yeah. and then be like, "Gotcha." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. being like, it's yeah. not always like that." Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved it, and it's interesting that you also bring up White Lotus because if I. I, I did watch the show. I wasn't really like super invested in it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I understand that it's more of like a drama, interpersonal relationships. But even the like hotel staff that they focused on were white, or at least like the main guy was white. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that in this show, all of like the important side side characters or everybody that was driving forward the story, aside from the main cast, were people of color mm-hmm. or specifically mm-hmm. Mexicans or, or Latinos, it was which really is amazing. With like the people of color, with the white people, like. 
Actually, no, it was like, I think that yeah. it was over. Yeah, it was. It, I'm just really happy that like they were able to do like an off location setting, but then they showed the people yeah. of that location. Because it's like, okay, yeah, like yeah. diversity is one thing, but you also need to show the locals whenever you're doing. Um, and that's like the yeah. argument with White Lotus is like, especially because I think it was Hawaii that they shoot it in. Um, there's always mm-hmm. just like, there's always just like whenever yeah. you shoot off location, the locals always feel some type of way. So, like, the best thing mm-hmm. you can do is like at least show them properly. So, um, even yeah. though it was Puerto Rico or Caribbean Island, like, I've, I actually lived in the Caribbean Island for five years. So, like, I felt really like at home while watching this. Yeah. yeah. I, I lived in Antigua and Barbuda actually for five years from medical school. So, my mom and I are watching this show now, and she's like, I'm so happy you're showing this to me afterwards because it's about college students running, like, you know, going missing. And she's like, you were a college student going, like, you could have gone missing during that time. And I was like, this is why we're watching it now. <laughs> After I'm yeah. home, now that I'm home. But yeah, it, it, it hits so close to home because, like, hurricanes happen, people do go missing, and it's, like, not, not in a scary way, but, like, not in, like, a time travel way. But, like, um, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it just, while watching it, I was just like, yeah, this just reminds me of, like, what Caribbean life is like, or, like, what mm-hmm. vacation life is like like the locals are people that live around there they have a whole life they have like a history so i think they did it very well mm-hmm. i didn't watch white lotus but i've heard a lot of things about how they didn't do the locals justice so i was happy that yeah. this show yeah. did yeah I even the like even the recommend- oh sorry oh i would like to recommend before we like get off this topic yeah. is if you want like a resort type show that's really funny and like wonderful is called acapulco uh, it's on Apple TV, uh-huh. and it's spinoff of How to Be a Latin Lover. Oh, uh, like okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard the, I've heard the movie and not the show, so. So it's a prequel to the movie, um, oh, and okay. it's hilarious. Um, it takes place in Acapulco on, a, like, a resort, uh-huh. and it's, like, drama the cast and stuff like that but it's a hilarious show very beautiful in its representation of Acapulco and culture and just like people of color uh-huh. and it's half Spanish half in English but it's like it's nice. so well That's done awesome. and so hilarious yeah. it's like I highly recommend you know yeah if you want to resort show yeah yeah no, i would definitely <laughs> tell her um i need to hear a bit i know we've, we my mom and i watched the land lover one for sure so yes <laughs> nice yeah. mm-hmm. i have added it to my list yeah night sky is a different kind of sci-fi uh-huh. like yeah. so different. amazon prime does sci-fi oh. so well so i'm really excited to watch that yeah, yeah. expands and then paper girls like it's just, expands yeah i just started it so i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Season, yeah when you get to season two and three i need to know oh, yeah, for sure. there's just been so many shows but i'm like oh yeah yeah it's so good i just think it's mm-hmm. ever yeah all right, all right. i get excited about it. <laughs> i know it's like michelle so i was like let me we'll talk about it there's a video game coming. Okay, sorry. So cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, so before we go into, well, I, I do want to talk about characters individually, but did you guys have a favorite character? I really love Balthazar. Balthazar. <laughs> I love Balthazar. <laughs> Balthazar was my favorite. <laughs> it's so sad that we only have to half the show, but like, I cannot remember the show before him. 
right? Like, yeah. I mean, another thing against Emma, because I love Kristen um, Maloney. She's so good. She's in this show called um, Made for Love. That's another sci-fi show that I would highly recommend. It's so good. So I, she carried it. I love William Jackson Harper, obviously. Like, I love, love, love that man. <laughs> but when Balthus are coming on screen, I was just like, who's the rest of everyone else? <laughs> I could not remember their names. Because Balthus are like, he's a star in the making. He just sold the show. Detective work, like, lead. He just... Um, did a great job. Him, the whole like scene with the author. That episode was so good with like the pen. It's just, he, I, I cannot believe this is like his first series where he was like the main. I really want more of him. He was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when he showed up in the show, the entire tone, the just the entire atmosphere, everything in the show changed. changed. It was very more. It was a lot more like dramatic and kind of I want to say broody a little bit mm-hmm. kind of before he showed up and then he came in and he's just like this dose of like realness this dose of like and, and like, very like um drama part. and comedy and everything and human like yeah. he was so human like the and way human. he connected exactly. everything he like brought up his like loss with his own I think father and like trying to like yeah. get that emotion with Emma because like Emma was a little cold and like also Nick Offerman is in the show and I love Nick Offerman and yet I still forgot about him and like focus on Balthazar so that's saying a lot about, he like, looks so different. Yeah, like I every time Nick Offerman is in a show, I'm already very, very focused on him. Like even in like, um, he's in oh A League of Their Own. I was very focused on him in that moment. But like that, he Bob was able to like get me focused only on him. He had a very human mm-hmm. touch. He had a very like sci-fi touch, a detective touch. He every genre I think blended well because of his character. Yeah, yeah. and I think I like think even with so- the. <laughs> I was gonna say with the other characters, I know that they're technically the main characters, you know, Emma and Noah, but we know so much more about Balthazar than we do about them about the two of them. Sure. Like we see a little bit of a glimpse into their past and we mm. understand a little bit of them kind of where they're at right now. But Balthazar, we know so much of his story because and he just like reveals so much yeah. and he like oh, he's sure. the reason that we also learned. Yeah. yeah, and he's the reason that we like learn about so many of the other characters as well. Um, and he introduced us to like Luna and, and and Alex and a lot of the other characters. So I actually think he is the main character. Yeah. It's just not obvious. Give this man a spinoff is what I'm hearing. Yes. I, I agree. Yes. Like yes. especially with the way the show ended, it almost felt like it was setting up for a spinoff. Like, oh, I can totally see that. Yeah, I would watch that spinoff for sure. Me too. Yes, and I would like for him to have a different suit for every episode. Oh my god, could you imagine like him sewing it too? Oh, be so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Every one of his outfits, I had to like pause and just like look at the details. There's just so yeah. much. It was so good. Because you know that he sewed it. Like that was my thing. I'm like, I bet he did that. <laughs> so exactly, exactly. You know, he actually did this. Like he made it himself. He did yeah. all the details and the mm-hmm. embroidery and everything. Yeah. I just think that the range that he had as far as acting, like he can go from sad to broody to kind of menacing to like super hilarious, like the falling off the top of the with the brother and the fight. Yes. Stabbing the hand. Like, what is that? Like? One of my crazies about him is whenever, like, I think, uh, I forget, uh, Ibera with the author's name whenever he like stabs him with a knife sorry with a pen that was basically like a knife and then you see him drunk by the pool <laughs> he was like this is my fault like his range of like panic to like existential dread it's just so good it's just, I, I remember like like I was sobbing so hard because it was like such an intense scene and then they just like clip 
to them all getting drunk by the pool. And I was like, what just happened? <laughs> so he, yeah. it was because how strongly he was able to deliver everything for sure. Yeah. Same with the fight yeah. with his brother. Like, yeah, yeah, there's like the jumping out of the window, yeah. but then there's the running to the car, start the car. Like, that was just dead cool vibes. And then he laughs <laughs> he's screaming. Yeah. yeah, but it's yeah. like his voice goes to like another level and he's just like like screaming at a really high pitch. Start the car, he just jumps through the window, then you see the knife land right like near his head. Just the execution is just so good. And he's so close to William Jackson the Harper's like shoulder. I was like, no, almost just like, lost his shoulder <laughs> yeah. it was I, really he's my favorite I don't know how anybody else could be like the favorite of anybody who Balthazar yeah. stole every single scene he, yeah. in. he did and, every and, single one and the cast was stacked like it was such a good cast and yet he held his own because like, when you think about him he's like more of a novice compared to the rest of the cast but he he shined mm. he shined oh absolutely yeah and but really just like you said it was stacked that was a cast luna was amazing yeah i loved her i love her, her character too. was so mm-hmm. great i like, i know we mentioned it before but the fact that she wasn't just like uh you know um like just the maid right yes. just the hotel clerk or whatever the fact that she was so smart putting things together both emotionally smart right like mm-hmm. and also like you know she had common sense and logic and was like yeah oh, dude, and oh, stop and what i loved about her is that she didn't need to be like the sexual interest like she wasn't the love interest like she was just there being a female and being smart like it's just so nice yeah. when a female can just be a asset and like help in the situation without having like some man attached to her but yeah her and Balthazar mm-hmm. were friends or whatever but like at the same time he appreciated her for her like ingenuity and like her talent and her skill so like I just love that like yeah. a female existing for like who she is was there too you could also see the level of their relationship when you know in the very first episode when they transition to the past and then they show her going in to clean his room and then she grabs a drink from his you know his stash and she's standing on the balcony drinking it like pointedly mm-hmm. making sure that like he watches her <laughs> or he sees that you know she's she's yeah. um like mm-hmm. up in his balcony um like you can see like that they're on equal footing as as you know in, in that friendship um and she like constantly uh, challenges him and he he does listen to her but he's also a little bit wild <laughs> yeah he confides um, in her but like, it's yeah. really important that he confides he in does. her like, exactly yeah. exactly and she believes him because like that's that's how close they are like she mm-hmm. believes him even though she's the, the voice of reason throughout this entire show she believes the crazy thing that he's telling mm-hmm. her um because of just how close they are mm-hmm. yeah and then also um you know the dance scene when they were all doing like the little choreographed dance. (laughs) I really loved just the, they had a chemistry that wasn't like sexual tension or anything like that. And I thought that was really beautiful. It was pure friendship. It was like pure friendship. So I really appreciate that. I love seeing a man and a woman having a platonic. Yeah. It was so nice to see on screen that it can be like, 
deep and passionate without being and even intimate really Mm -hmm. without Mm -hmm. like about sex yeah you know so the fact that there's a trust and a level of confidence without it being sexual is just amazing because like you see boy girl friendships you Mm -hmm. don't see anything that's like that level of like intimacy without it being like intimate Mm -hmm. in that way you know yeah so yeah um, I want to yeah. say, I really love Noah. I really, I mean, I'm a big fan of William Jackson Harper, but like, there's so many lines that he said that I just giggled so hard <laughs> to, and I just yes. love that he supported his wife through it, like, so much. Like, I think at one point he, like, discloses, like, their sexual history to Balthazar, he's like, I'm on vacation. <laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> and I'm just, I just die laughing. And, like, him just being the one that, like, kind of gets Emma out of her own, like, out of her own head and get, gets her out of her own way, like trust her and bleeds her. Like that's the type of man we need. Like someone who's just so supportive, but at the same time can ground you. I love him. I love him so much. <laughs> yeah. And the support when she like first tells him about the mystery that she's uncovered and All like for it. he automatically like, yeah, he's automatically in, he's for it. Even though you can tell that it's like outside of his comfort zone kind of later on when they're going up the elevator shaft and things like that, he's still with her and he still sticks with her. There's also a moment that I really like with Noah of like a moment where the show is, is self-aware, where they're kind of wandering around the abandoned, broken down resort. And he's like, this is like dangerous white people stuff. Like, <laughs> white people activities that he's doing. And he's like, I, I was thinking that same scene, like, like following my white wife somewhere. I was just dying at that point. Um, yeah. When, he, when he's the one that like rips her tooth out, I just thought it was like so ceremonious because it makes sense that she would trust him. Yeah. Because like, let, let's be honest, yeah. like, there's Nick Offerman, there's Balthazar, then there's William Jackson Harper. Of all people, I'd be like, Nick Offerman, you're gonna pull my tooth out. But she trusts her husband with it, and it shows like, into, like it shows that like trust that like okay they have been through so much in the relationship that she's like no if anyone's gonna do it's gonna be my husband it's gonna be him and he does it like, yeah. he, he passes out as soon as he does it but he does it and like that whole yeah. scene i don't know what it was about that scene i loved it because like it's just so random in the middle of the jungle they have to pull a tooth out <laughs> they they do it and it's and it's right after they have like a pretty substantial fight i mean it's not like mm. loud or anything but like there's like you know a lot of like difficult emotions that they're both expressing to each other and like and you can even hear him or see there's um when he was in the in the tent and she was talking to violet's dad and she's like divulging even more information and he hears that so like Mm -hmm. again it's like the heavy like emotional you know setup and then there's the comedic yeah but he's still yeah, the two is almost a symbolic of like the rotting thing about their marriage, like the stuff that they've been hiding, the stuff that they've been ignoring. They just yeah. like expose it, they get it out, they like put it out there already. Like it was like almost like a symbol because I'm so the placing of it right after that really deep conversation, right after they had their huge fight when they were saying that they're going to get a divorce, and then they have this tooth scene, which was like an overlying theme of the whole series. And they have that right before the season finale. I was like, this has to be a symbolism of their own marriage and like them acknowledging the fact that they went through something and like looking at it like a rotting tooth or you know the very traumatic event in their marriage so that's how I took it at least you mentioned that it wasn't a loud fight and I think that's really important because I think so many times in movies like couple problems get depicted as like this big blowout Mm -hmm. fight thing but a lot of the times it's the quiet unsaid things that cause the biggest problems and that Mm -hmm. are the most painful 
people so for emma whatever regret she had with not seeing her daughter's face yeah. or like the regret she had with not having children and all these kind of things just the, all of it compounding and her not being able to say it out loud and mm-hmm. you know uh no one interpreting it as oh she doesn't want to be with me mm-hmm. anymore do you anymore yeah and it's all these unsaid things these quiet things right and that like you said they didn't have a blowout fight but it was a very emotional very tense being not okay you know so i really like and and luna has such like a healthy masculinity with it because he was so aware that like i remember with his like conversation with luna he was just like well emma didn't see her face and he talked about like this got me when he's like i saw this perfect little face but emma didn't see it it was just, he was so aware that it probably hurt his wife that he never got, she never got to see the baby's face. And like him mm-hmm. just being able to not only recognize how painful it was for him as a man to go through it, but for his wife, it was just like such a healthy relationship and healthy masculinity, admitting it and being able to talk about it. So um, mm-hmm. that was a very deep moment. And it happened so quickly. I just wanted to go back to what you said about the tooth being like this example of like this rotting thing in their marriage. And there are a couple scenes like when the tooth does get brought up and mm-hmm. I, and in those scenes, they're both kind of like doing things together, but they're at odds with yeah, what they actually exactly. want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like Noah doesn't want to like, like she has like this binder full of stuff after they go and meet the detective. Yeah. He doesn't really want to continue and he's like enjoying the pool, whatever. And then she leaves him, goes to like, you know focus on that binder and then the the tooth comes out right like there's like a disconnect in where they're at um kind of emotionally and mentally in those scenes and then later on whenever they're in the apartment he's just like why did you tell me your tooth fell out and she's like ah it's okay (laughs) like so it's very much like a weird thing that they're both trying to avoid and he's trying to get her to talk about so it's i don't know i'm not saying her tooth is a symbolic of the baby but it just it it felt very much like she's trying to avoid her problems and not talk about it where he's trying to be like hey we went through something let's talk about it type yeah and then the whole part where emma's like you know oh we we're just one person now Mm -hmm. but they're like one person not on the same page right yeah and i love the flashback scenes can you because you can see why they fell in love with each other yeah. right you can see why like at some point like they were so perfect for each other and i like the little how they met scenes and that was yeah, really for me so i was cute. like oh yeah you can see why they love each yeah. other and the trauma that happened for them to be where they are now right which obviously mm-hmm. and maybe and just like disappointing in general and what i really loved about the show not just because of like it, it shows loss at different levels, but like with marriage, I can't speak for this because I've never been married, but like it just shows a real depiction of marriage because like two people that are great for each other, that work well to each other, can go through something traumatic and they can offset them and processing mm-hmm. and going through it would hurt any marriage. It's not that they're weak or their relationship's weak. It's just that they went through something really hard and they're still trying to deal with mm-hmm. it. And like a vacation's not going to like fix it by any means you know it's going to be a bandage over something real that could be a problem so like i really show i think that they showed a really healthy and real relationship of going through something very difficult and like by showing their like meet cute and like what they've been through showing the fact that they like he they are really compatible that they are working well together because like even if they started working well together on this sort of journey and like murder mystery they did so well like together and it, it, you could tell that they were yeah. meant to be and that they do love each other. It's just like they went through something so hard. And that mm-hmm. any, it, would, it would damage any relationship. 
go through. Do you feel like maybe um, this was Emma, Balthazar, and Noah kind of like facing their fears? Like this whole thing was like an analogy of that? Because we see in the cave that Balthazar is like, you know, Fighting, fighting, fighting. Yeah, yeah. And even even Nick Offerman, I can't remember his name's character's name, but I think he was also facing his fears of like losing his wife, running away from like losing his daughter. So I would say that he was also facing his fear. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then like um, you know, Noah had to like understand that like in the cave he had to let her go mm-hmm. and do this. Mm-hmm. Follow. He had to just let her be. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. Yeah. And speaking of Nick Offerman, um, so this is why I kind of feel like it's kind of set up for like a second season because I feel like all that stuff that happened in between to Nick Offerman didn't need to be said. The show would have been fine if he had never said it and he just showed up and said, oh, I've been living here always looking in case I could find my daughter, right? Mm -hmm. That would have been enough. But he had this whole cartel spy yeah. like oh, and then another cave another cave he's just like going off about his life and like that was just like you haven't answered my question yeah <laughs> like so just like so crazy and random like why would they even bring that up yeah. unless he goes with Balthazar on another adventure next time they yeah. have to they set it up so well it gave me like, I bring up Knives Out for a reason it gives you Knives Out vibes like they can easily do a next journey like it could be like an anthology with next like um detective mystery i would watch that for sure 100 yeah. percent. same absolutely he, also with he, him telling his story i wasn't sure whether he was kind of embellishing and like baltasar wasn't like really <laughs> believing everything he was saying like it's like okay there's some truth but then even when you see like the response to like the snake they both freak out and like nick nick offerman's character especially i think his name is murray he like yeah. goes to hide he leaves baltasar <laughs> and then eventually like musters up the courage to like find the flashlight um you know and, and baltasar saves him again so i think there's like a little bit of embellishment there and i think It'll be interesting to get, if they ever do explore that to see like what actually happened. <laughs> and kudos to the actor that plays Balthazar because his chemistry with everyone is amazing. Like he could be paired up with anything. And, like with him and Nick Offerman, it was so good. They were like, I like they could have given us a buddy cop show. Like I was there for it. Yeah. yeah. I'm there for it. He could be the muscle, you yeah, know, Nick Offerman. Yeah, he, he works well with so many people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I would love a spinoff with just Balthazar going yeah. off and doing his detective work and solving Luna? mysteries in, in different places. I with Luna, Luna. Oh, oh my god, god. Yeah. yes. Yeah, I want that. Yes, I just, sure. I just want their dynamic. Like, yeah. just the two of them, their dynamic, because amazing. As much as I love William and, like, um, Christine, I just, I, like, fell in love with Balthazar and Luna so much more. So, like, I want yeah. that. Like, even if they're not in the next series, I'm okay with it. I would be happy to watch mm-hmm. The other two, even if they call it something different, they just do their own little thing. I would watch that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would have been happy to watch like Emma and Noah just, you know, on a resort with just like yeah, you know, drama about. within their marriage with nothing else superficial, <laughs> yeah. no murder mystery, none of that. <laughs> but I'm glad we got all of that because yeah. it was just such an incredible story. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that scene where uh, Marie's voiceover is saying, like, oh, the next chapter is heartbreaking, right? Oh, yeah. And so, and yes, it is heartbreaking in the sense that you find out about Noah, you find out about, like, all and Noah and Emma's baby and all these kind of things, like, and 
things start to get really deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this moment when uh, Violet and Sam are in the water. Yes, and they're, hard. they're about to drown mm-hmm. and they just hold each other. And I was like, oh my God, they're going to find their bones. Yeah. I was like, this is it. Like, it's going to be a sad story. Like, they set it up. It's not a good story. Like, and I kept expecting that they were just going to find their bodies. Like, I was mm. not expecting a happy ending. Yeah, same. You know, but, but, I, I expected closure, but not a happy ending. I, especially during yeah. that moment, I, I think she's like, this is going to kill my dad. Like, I think I started crying because it was just, it was just really, really emotional. I don't know what I expected at that moment whenever they were looking for Pasaje, but like, whenever the water started rising, I was like, this is not good. There's just, I, I was really scared for the season finale because I'm like, this is not giving me good vibes by any means because how do you survive that? Like, that's crazy. So whenever she found their bodies, I, was beside myself. So I was just like, wow, what are the chances? When, yeah. Um, when Emma was stuck and then also when the water was oh, rising God. and like, the anxiety I had, I had to pause and just like walk away for a second. I was like, I need to breathe because I really felt like the anxiety and the tense. And I was like, how could there be a happy ending after that? Mm-hmm. How can anything work after this? Mm-hmm. You know, like I just got what is the rescue going to look like for Emma to pull her out of this thing? Is she going to die from like a heart attack from panic or something? Right. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was the worst. So the fact that it like ended so nicely with the kids being found and like completely, like it only been five minutes for them. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and what, what I really loved about that was not only just the juxtaposition because we had been watching both of like the time travel happen between 2007 and 2022 um, happened at the same time, not only the apartment scene, but with like them meeting, them reading their cell phone messages. So like them doing that in really high tense anxiety scene of them drowning when Emma getting stuck and doing that as like the back and forth. I was like, Oh my God, this is like, cause like, since everything else was so similar, this has to mean something bad for both of them. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I had just watched like uh, House of Dragons and they would be that juxtaposition with that show too. And I was like, ah, the juxtaposition between shows right now has not been good. <laughs> so I was not expecting yeah. something good with this one either. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. No, I felt the same way when we like see the water rising. I was like, oh, maybe they're going to find the cave. And then as soon as like they go below the water, I'm like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they're going to make it out. Mm-hmm. Even though like, I didn't think, th- I never thought that they were gone or dead I just thought that they had like traveled through time or got lost somewhere um and then when Emma gets stuck like there's two moments there for Emma that I think she really had to push through and it was like the her her being stuck um like physically in that moment but then there was also like her mentally being stuck Mm -hmm. and you can see you can see that she was like stuck for so long and like having to keep pushing and at one point you see her almost give up but then yeah. she like tries again and then she finally gets unstuck. And then the other moment that like I worried for Emma was when she finally makes it to the pool and she sees them, the baby. you know, she mm-hmm. sees Sam and yeah, she sees Sam and Violet being really peaceful. And then she starts seeing the baby. I'm like, is she going to go in and also be yeah, lost in Pasaje, leaving Noah behind? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, I thought she would actually do it. <laughs> I'm glad she didn't, but I thought she was actually going to do it. But then, yeah, Noah's voice pulled her yeah. back. I, I, I love like the Noah's voice thing because you just like in the episode before, I believe you see their huge fight and everyone's like, oh, they're going to get a divorce, all this stuff. But you just see like how I think her line was like, oh, I didn't want to lose time whenever he's like, why didn't you go in? Yeah. And um, I got chills from that because like, I, it just, yeah. it, you know, like 
as great as the memory is, you it does come at the expense of the time that you lose right now, right? And that's like a big theme with time travel. Like Interstellar t- touches upon this. Other types of time travel talks about how like when you get caught up in time travel, you miss out the present. And like the show does it again so well. And so I would see this as a sci-fi exactly. show because like it does have the themes of time travel well done, even better than Marvel ever did it. <laughs> so, like, you know, um, I really appreciate that, like, they have William Jackson Harper's Noah's voice in the background, kind of being like mm-hmm. the reminder of the present when she is stuck between, yeah. like, time traveling loops. So, one thing I like that they didn't do was the traveling back in time to change something. Cause you can see yeah. that, like, they're kind of like yeah. trying to debate, mm-hmm. like, okay, well, what do I want to do? I know Noah says he wants to go a year into the future, but you can tell Emma yeah. really wants to go back. Yeah. Right. And who like, if given the choice, wouldn't go back to change something, but they like, didn't even, they didn't do that. Yeah, um, and it was about getting like, yourself unstuck. Yeah. They didn't even show what the time travel was technically. Like they didn't show, no, no. um, I think Violet going back and seeing her mother, like they didn't technically show any of the images of the past. They just kind of like hinted like, yeah. okay, time travel was happening without showing it, which I yeah. think is a very unique perspective to a sci-fi show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Absolutely. it was really about like each of them individually getting unstuck from like dwelling on the past mm-hmm. and being so, so focused on that, that they're no longer living. Yeah. I really love the um, the graphics that they use, like to yeah. show, like mm-hmm. I don't know, it was like it looked like a storm sometimes. Sometimes it looked like a galaxy. Yeah, it was really beautifully done. Very, yeah, like an oasis yeah. of sorts, like one of those yeah. like sulfur pool things. Yeah. <laughs> those like hot baths that like people uh-huh. uh, the people yeah. enjoy. Like it looked Everything. like so many different things. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, you can kind of see like an image of like the resort, or you can see something like some kind of landscape in like the mm-hmm. eye or yeah, whatever. Yeah. That I also yeah. thought that was a really cool look of the hurricane too, like the ominous feeling of like the hurricane impending doom with the eye. Like it was really cool how like the image could kind of transform in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like it was also put in really like interesting places when like. Um, like in the very beginning when Emma was um, in like the hot tub outside and she is like, you know, drifting off um, into like her memories and thoughts Uh and whatnot. And then they kind of show that to transition Mm -hmm. her waking up in the, in the bus. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually think they, they probably took like images of scenery or something and they like wrapped it so that it it ended up being a circle. Um, So it'd be really interesting to see. And I don't know if they would ever like release or reveal this or anything, but like what the actual images that they used in order to create those graphics were and whether they had any sort of like meaning to, the events of the show or just the show overall it would be really cool i love that we should ask people yeah if we could get into it like, yeah. like, you know, like the, the equivalent of avengers assembled you know the like the post yes you know how we need to do that for this show yeah yeah, yeah. I really I don't. So, there's so much more that needs to be like that go, like goes into this show that they could get into. So, and mm. there's a lot more that we could probably discuss too. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, final thoughts. Anything you want to mention before we sign off? What is that little asteroid comet thing in his picture? <laughs> That's the one thing I just want to know. Because I was like, what does that I mean? Feel like that was- doom i feel yeah, like that was, okay. was symbolic thing. okay yeah i think it was okay impending doom. yeah yeah I, okay there was also 
there was also like a line in there. I need to go back and rewatch it because I don't remember exactly what was said. But I think it was when he was in that trance and he's seeing the comet come down. Yeah. He said something about it like not like it's not the end or there's going to be something else happening uh-huh. afterwards. Like I forget exactly what the wording was, but it almost seemed like that hurricane or whatever was going to happen to the resort is not actually the end of the story and there's something else that's going to happen and you know whether that's you know the show itself just kind of revealing more things or whether there's setting up to something else bigger that's more catastrophic in like a second season that they have to figure out (laughs) i feel like the comment was the hurricane i don't know what i don't know how to explain it but like there's something about the comment the hurricane that came together because even the hurricane like washed everything off and like you know, coming from Caribbean, like living in a Caribbean island, going through hurricanes, I was like, it doesn't like completely tow down a hotel like that. So I was like, I feel like the comet was symbolic of like re- restoring and restarting something, and so was the hurricane. So I was just like, ah, I really, I really. It's also interesting that the hurricane only destroyed that resort. Right. Like it, I don't. They didn't right. really show yeah. other stuff, but there's like also. A ton of, like, if a hurricane comes through, it's not very localized, to my understanding. I've never been through a hurricane. I've only yeah. ever seen them on the news. It, it, but it affects the whole hotel. It all of the island. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, the, and just how devastated that hotel was. Like, well, what happened to the other stuff around it? Why, you know, they never really showed that. But it's like, yeah. it was very clearly, like, this resort, resort specifically was devastated by this hurricane. Um, and it was, like, walled off and everything. There feels more to it. There just feels more to the whole comet hitting the hurricane, hurricane hitting hurri- the um, hotel. It just, it just feels very like yeah. something was happening. I just, I don't know what it is, but yeah, yeah. It's more of a question I, than a comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I want to know is where is Alex? <laughs> what has happened to him since? That's fair. <laughs> I mean, we we know how his life ends. We see him going in into the water during the hurricane, but there's something between him going to the future, putting down the phones, and then when Baltazar finds him, bloody hands. Like they never explain that that there's there's a gap yes. there still. <laughs> right, like the iguana thing. They never say yeah. why so mad about iguanas and stuff and i think that like you know the fact that like that sam's parents don't believe he's alive right yeah for sam to just be on his own right like let his parents they really need a sequel Mm -hmm. yeah let Mm -hmm. them live their life or whatever and uh, you know I thought this was great for a streaming service like show. Uh, I thought it was perfect yeah. because it gives us. We might not have seen this on network television if it sure. was a limited series. For sure. right? Yeah, I know that they aired it. I think last night on um, NBC. On right? the actual, yeah, on NBC mm-hmm. um, to kind of try to push people to go check out the you know uh, Peacock uh-huh. app and to mm-hmm. Peacock. Mm-hmm. But I think that this would have worked on network as well. Oh, easily, for sure. So I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. depending on the success of this first season and how it goes with fans, if yeah. maybe we'll see something else in, in the yeah. network. At the very least, a yeah. spinoff. Yeah. Because it would be cool to do a spinoff with Balthazar during the next mission and, like, Sam is suddenly, like, there. And, like, you, like we see, like, we touch base on with Sam and touch base with, like, um, Violet and yeah. see where there are now. Like, it would just, I think we have to open-ended enough that they could do something with mm-hmm. it. So I hope they do. Yeah. 
Or if it is Sam and, and you know Balthazar going on these adventures, then Sam yeah, does go back in time and seeks so out with Balthazar yeah. and hires him as the younger version of him would be cool. Um, one thing I will also say is I did like that the show was released weekly, especially with like the mystery and you know what was going on. Because um, like I said, I enjoy <laughs> you know thinking of like possibilities of what could happen and trying to predict. Um, and so like for me that was really enjoyable, and I think it really helped with the suspense as well, like week to week, right. like mm-hmm. in the cliffhangers every single one of like the episodes yeah. ended at such a great one, cliffhanger yeah. and it was like this the episode's going along and you're understanding and you know like there's a bit of mystery there and you're you know learning more and then all of a sudden it just like hits you with something at the very <laughs> end like yeah. the last like two minutes of the episode and you're like wait what <laughs> yeah. I everything really, i just understood is like <laughs> yeah i was really gone. happy we got to see the whole series together because it's like i can't see yeah. the so up the and i'm like yes i can see the next episode they set it up perfectly for the cliffhangers to yeah. like I'm 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 yeah. I, I don't know if they're gonna release the rest of the show on NBC, like the next episodes, but I think mm-hmm. they would do really well if they did. Because it was yeah. a very very, very like compelling and enticing show. Yeah. Compelling absolutely. Indeed. There's so mm-hmm. many dimensions and layers to the show mm-hmm. that like even if you binge watch it, you're gonna like yeah, get to enjoy it. all of that. Maybe not as much the suspense in between, but there's still like they do build up suspense with the episodes and even with the cliffhanger when you start the next episode, they usually like don't go straight into it, right? So there is still that suspense. So I think sure. people even binge watching it would would still get that experience. Mm-hmm. I binge watched it because I had the screeners. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I was able to binge watch it and I loved it yes. as a binge. I think it the only problem with binge watching a show is that I feel like the hype is like one weekend and it's over mm-hmm. and you don't mm-hmm. get to celebrate like a property as much yes. as like when you're watching it week to week I feel mm-hmm. like um like I'm a big fan of the Umbrella Academy mm-hmm. but pitching them I'll lose a whole night's sleep we'll talk about it for a weekend and then never talk about it again versus like other shows like yeah. The Boys what I'm a big fan of and that's hitting weekly and you get to celebrate the thing that you love a lot longer along with the audience and everything like that mm-hmm. so I do appreciate the weekly um episodes i think that's totally fine if they want to throw yeah. it all down like a and a binge watch fine i'm a binge it but yeah. i do appreciate the- yeah for sure okay. yeah and i do enjoy the discourse like online with yeah. you know people on tiktok and chills friends you know online to be able to like get a chance to kind of talk and like go in depth in each individual episode as opposed to getting like everything all at once and then you're just kind of talking in generalities or you know just specific scenes and other things sort of go by the wayside um, but being able to kind of like with Kenobi, um, like the Star Wars show that they had, or you know, mm-hmm. come out earlier this year, it was only six episodes, but there was just so much discourse and so much, like, I want to say analysis, but it's more like deep dives and like connections. It made me enjoy the show so much more as mm-hmm. somebody who like, because because that universe is so big, and even with Marvel, yeah. again, the, the, those universes are so big that it's mm-hmm. nice to like see other people talking about it, and then it gives you a better understanding. But with you know shows that are more. Um, that are I don't want to say smaller but like shows that are like starting out it, it's its own story yeah. yeah exactly shows where it's like it's its own story there's no mm-hmm. you know huge universe that it feeds into that you have to like know all of these things yeah. to, to understand all the nuances yeah being able to binge it and being able to like talk about it but you're right it's nice to be able to talk about it longer and mm-hmm. you know be able to kind of revisit it week to week like, like the, and, um, a good in between of this is Stranger Things because Stranger Things is a whole universe but they 
released it all at yeah. once. So it's like it's hard to like yeah. get into all of it because everyone like binged it within twenty four hours. <laughs> so like exactly. Mm-hmm. And the discourse, like you said, just like kind of happened all at once, and then mm-hmm. it kind of died down, and then it happened again just before they you know released and then afterwards, the and then it died down. And then, and then, yeah. And it was like a couple days and then it died down and yeah, it would be nice to like be Keep able going. to kind of yeah, get a little so bit deeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and just a last thought for me really is one of the things that I appreciated about this is that it was really unique and new and not from any kind of other universe because I think, yeah. you know, as yes. much as I love the Marvel shows, as much as I love Star Wars and all of these other properties, um, because there's like the comics or the books or the video games or all kinds of other expanded okay. universes. Series, yeah. Absolutely. People, I feel like I've been engaging in a lot of discourse of comparison, comparison, yes. comparison. Yes. Uh, what's right, what's not right, what's mm-hmm. canon, what's not. So it was very nice to go into like something completely new where I had no Absolutely. expectations. Yeah. It's like original no. scripts and original like storyline. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. It was so yeah. nice. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. Thank yeah. you to Peacock for this. Yeah. Because we don't get that enough these days. Like we do, yeah. but we get, we get like reboots a lot, which I don't think reboots. I love reboots. It's just, it's really mm-hmm. hard to find an original script these days. So it's very amazing that in like a sci-fi original script of all things, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. And awesome. Very Absolutely. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So. Exactly. And a lot of them are also adaptations. Like Foundation mm-hmm. was an adaptation. I haven't read the book, but I know that it was an adaptation. And, you know, there was discourse about... Is it an expansion or... adaptation? No, right? Is it new? It is, it is oh, an adaptation. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's an adaptation of the book series, but it's so different from oh, the book, book series. series. Okay. Yeah, so, like, the first book is basically season one, but in the first book of The Expanse, you only see Miller and um, uh, Stephen Strait's character, Holden. Yeah. You only see Holden, Detective yeah. Miller and Holden's perspective. Oh, so, you don't okay. get side characters. You So, like, like Game of Thrones mentality, essentially. Because hmm. that's how Game yeah, of Thrones like, is, too, yeah. But you, there's no interaction. Mm. So the expanse is because the world building starts right at season one, uh-huh. whereas um, in the books you don't see these other characters until like book three, four, five. Mm. You know. So uh, wow, I just realized like all the shows that I've watched recently aren't original works. Like Simon was it, Game of Thrones is it. Like it's just it's very hard to find now. Expanse is it, um, yeah. Game of Thrones was it. Wow, they're all the yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> for me with this show it's yeah, just kind of like it's it's so novel story. it's so novel to find these days yeah yeah mm-hmm. there's a show i recently saw i haven't watched it yet but called echoes or something echoes i think oh. it's on oh wait is it on apple tv i don't know but it also seems so. like it's also sci-fi i'm not sure if it is or not i just oh, saw somebody recommending that, it i think severance is original Severance? Oh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, you know. should watch it. Oh, it's so good. You should okay. watch it too, Monica, if you haven't watched it yet, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's oh my god, please watch it. It's my favorite show of the year. Like it's so good. It, we'll talk about it later. Sorry. It's a whole new episode. But yeah, it's so good. <laughs> speaking of sci-fi, it's good. Yeah. And speaking of sci-fi, if you haven't seen it already, VOA. Oh, I've heard good so things. Good. Heard really good things. Yeah. So good. It's just go into it with zero expectation. Just go That's into it and just watch. Like, yeah. And I have rewatched it a few times and every single time I rewatch it, I like find new things. I will, I will let you know though, season two does not end with like 
they they had more t- to tell in the story, but Netflix canceled it. So yeah, it is not <laughs> a buttoned up conclusion. But at the same time, the, one of the reasons I love the show is that it doesn't give you answers. It gives you some answers and it sets up some answers for you, but it's really like up to you to interpret a lot of things. And it's also like, there's so much going on that there isn't, I mean, there obviously is an answer that the, <laughs> that, the that the writers and the uh, the showrunners have for where the, the story is going. But there's also like, it, it's kind of, I feel like there's a little bit more of an engage, like back and forth with the audience in that you get to experience and interpret things how you want um nice so mm-hmm. yeah so it's not like buttoned up in terms of a conclusion and like i'm still holding out hope that one day they will eventually continue with the story um but there is more to the story that we don't get a chance to see right now but it mm-hmm. is totally worth it even when it doesn't get wrapped up or buttoned up or anything like that um because that's not the point of it um in my opinion <laughs> so all right. Well, where can people find you on TikTok? Can we go first? <laughs> um, so I'm Call Me by the Maria on TikTok. Like I said, I love overanalyzing shows um, and getting to films. I love fandoms and overanalyzing them. So follow me on TikTok. I do a lot of the Good Place content. I've done a lot of Miss Marvel content. Love Marvel. I love going into just rewatch all of Star. Well, just watch Star Wars for the first time. So. I will be doing that. And any new show that's coming out, I've been watching it and analyzing it. So follow me on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. TikTok for me as well. Um, my handle is dot dot Suhaila. Um, I think TikTok's now going to... I got a message saying to change it, so my, I might have to like remove the dots in the beginning of it. But anyways, um, yeah, I'm on TikTok. I do a lot of uh, like live reactions to shows that I'm watching, as well as predict... Or, theories and predictions for what what may or may not happen um so if you're interested in any of that feel free to to follow me there and, and like comment like tell me your theories i love seeing other people's theories and i love seeing what other people have picked up on or interpreted that i didn't um so yeah i i, I really enjoy kind of the discourse around shows and movies as i'm watching them Excellent. Well, this is going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. We want to thank everyone who tuned in today and especially my two guests. I love talking to you guys so much. Thank you for spending time with me today. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok using the handle Temple of Geek. If you want to check out some of our other episodes or show, why don't you head on over to templegeek.com. There you'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.